Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Bolton E-Bikes podcast. I've got another guest from an e-bike company today. Now, I haven't seen their bikes in person yet. Hopefully, that's something that happens in the near future. But I have Dan Fisher from Cyberbike. So we're going to learn about what he does, what's his opinion on e-bikes, and how they are changing things, what sort of bikes do they make. I think this will be an interesting conversation and a great way to get to know another e-bike company. So thank you, Dan, for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Kyle, and hello to all your listeners. <laughs> uh, and like I mentioned uh, in the little intro there, uh, I haven't seen your bikes in person. I think there's uh, might be some full suspension models and different things. So uh, maybe you should just give us a little background on where you're located, how you got started, uh, and we'll go from there. All right. Well, starting at the beginning, I uh, had a long history of manufacturing. I developed and manufactured a street motorcycle, a sport bike. For a while, it was the only remaining domestically produced sports bike. It was called the humbly named after myself, the Fisher MRX, <laughs> MRX 650. And it was pretty cool bike. It was a very, uh, I wouldn't say hardcore sports bike. It was a 650 twin, so it wasn't a rocket ship, but it was developed by some of the top people in the industry. And I was very fortunate to get work, get to work with some big brains in the motorcycle industry 15 years ago or so. Um, and we developed and manufactured those and shipped those all over the world. When I raced motorcycles, I used mountain bikes to train and uh, had always been into that recreationally. And, uh, of course, when e-bikes came out, it seemed like a natural progression. As my body was failing me to get an electric bike <laughs> uh, to help on the uphill part, and naturally uh, wanted to make some that I felt served my wants. You know, I wanted. I felt there's a lot of people like me that would like to have a full suspension, semi-hardcore mountain bike. You know, higher performing mountain bike uh, with some good suspension and some righteous components, but maybe wasn't ten thousand dollars. So introducing Cyberbike. Got it. And I'm looking up the motorcycle first because I didn't know that about you. So I've already learned something really interesting. Not too often that it happens, but interesting to hear about somebody who's kind of crossing over from the motorcycle industry to, to e-bike industry. I'm on a 650. Sorry, it's a Honda <laughs> right now. So I, I do uh, get into those a little bit too. But yeah, very cool. So definitely some experience with thing on, things on two wheels. Yeah, for sure. I, I love all of it. I have a motocrosser that's collecting dust because, you know, that's it's a pretty violent sport. So uh, <laughs> honestly, yes. my daily driver is a scooter, you know, 400cc scooter anymore. But uh, hey, whatever keeps you keeps you riding and is fun. Yeah, I'm super lucky because even though I'm in D.C., there's some great trails. Or I'm outside of D.C. There's some great trails that I can just ride to. So I rode earlier today. A little muddy out there, so I was careful. <laughs> so I'm bringing up your website in front of me as well so I can take a look at some of these uh bike models because i want to know what you've got and i see the cyber bike we've got some interesting names the mullet let's see the bandit what would you say is one of your more popular models you guys have right now i believe the top model is our best seller the mullet pro because i think we're getting a lot of people who 
riders, whether they're extreme riders or not, who want higher performance components, the four piston brakes. Mm, right. Our brakes are honestly, I will humbly say our brakes are second to none. Uh, <laughs> nobody outside of, I think, Magura has piston diameters, four piston front and rear calipers with the piston diameters we're running. So our brakes are savage. 220 millimeter rotor. What brakes are you listing, or is it like an OEM thing? Or It's a Wolf. It's a newer brand, Wolf E-Spec components. So they are specifically source design developed for e-bikes. They're bigger. You know, they're a little larger caliper than you're going to find. Really excellent and uh, really high performance. And then we're using a 220-millimeter front rotor on a carrier, a semi-floating carrier. So it's extreme braking capability. Oh, nice. 220 is definitely bigger. Uh, 203 is becoming more common, but that's usually like the biggest you find. 220, I don't know of any other e-bikes with something that big on the front. Yeah, and everything else we're building has either 160s on the Falcon and the Bandit, and then 203s front and rear on the Evo, uh, the Mullet Evo. But just our Mullet Pro, where you get the bigger forks, the 34 millimeter forks, the four pistons with the 220 brake, a little more suspension travel and back too. So we're running 140 millimeter travel on those, and then 120 on the Evo. Uh, I was just looking at tire sizes, so uh, not fat bikes, which obviously is what I do a lot of. These are more mountain bike style sizes for those that are listening, just so you can kind of picture or envision this full suspension bike, mountain bike tires, big brakes. Hopefully that helps people understand what we're uh, talking about here. Okay, yeah, I guess I need to address your listeners. But, <laughs> That's yeah, okay. It's definitely more geared towards single track kind of riding. Yeah. Certainly, you know, you can ride them on the road. I ride them on the road to get to my trails. We'll do it all. Yeah, well, that's the great thing about any e-bike. With the, the battery and the power, you can, uh, you can take it easy and hit the road, and you can ride 5, 10 miles to get to the trail, then go have fun on the trail, then ride back home, which on your normal full suspension mountain bike, you probably wouldn't do. <laughs> so that's at least what I either have done or, or a lot of my customers do uh, is just ride to the trail because that's easier or more fun than having to load your bike up and take it there. Oh, for sure. And if you're really gassed at the end of a hard ride, that is one way we kind of differentiate ourselves. We try to make a bike that is single track downhill capable mm -hmm. but is also more road friendly we, we have a throttle on ours where a lot of a lot of the full-on mountain bikes don't have throttle so yeah. if you're gassed after day on the trails or or the old hip or knee is flaring up or you're really hung over you've got the throttle okay and where are your bikes typically at you know what kind of motors are you using power wise batteries those types of things We've used a couple different motors, had 100% reliability with the motors. That's why our warranty is two years on our motors, batteries, and controllers, because we're getting great durability out of them. They're Chinese, you know, Chinese, but here's where I think in our price point, I believe we stand above a lot of competing products in that it's a mid-drive motor. So you are going to get the increased trail climbing performance that you're not going to get. You're just not going to get it with a hub drive as well because you lose the mechanical advantage by having the motor on the on the other side of the, the gear, the cassette. Okay, yeah, I'm seeing. So I'm just looking at one of the bikes, the the Mullet Evo, so not the the pro version, but it looks like a 500 watt mid drive motor, and you said they do have a throttle, which I like that personally. I think there's really no difference in how fast people go 
if they have a throttle or not. So trail-wise, I don't see why having a, an extra button you can push makes much of a difference, but obviously we have different classes in many different states, and that's something to be aware of, which I guess that's a... Sorry if I'm putting you on the spot. Can the throttle be disabled or unplugged, making it a class one bike? Yes. Okay. It can be removed in about a minute. Oh, perfect. One, one screw and it slides right off. and it comes. Everything has those very common waterproof plugs you see across the industry. Okay, so you can just unplug it and if somebody really wanted to. But we had so many people asking for it. And our first build, we used to charge for it as an upgrade. And so now we're just including it on every bike and people can remove it if they want. I still get, I think I just had an email yesterday or the day before about this. Somebody emailed about, you know, a bike that they had with a Bosch mid-drive motor. They're like, hey, have you made a throttle for one of these? Can you make one? And I was like, sorry, I, I don't have a throttle for that setup. And they don't offer one. And I don't know if anybody's modified one yet for those. I'll have to look into that a little bit further. But yeah, I find that, if given the option, most people would prefer to have the throttle because you don't have to use it, but it's nice to have it when you want it. Exactly, and I don't understand. I guess maybe it's a liability issue. that The bigger companies have more lawyers stopping them from putting, <laughs> putting those on their bike. Yeah, I think, uh, I think some of the poll, and this is just my opinion, I could be totally wrong, uh, is that when you get into the bigger companies, the name brands you know, that you see that don't have them, they're trying to compete in more of a global market and they're selling a lot of their bikes in Europe, which doesn't allow throttles. So that's kind of the style they've gone for is, is a bike that's kind of compatible worldwide, but it doesn't really fit for what we have here in the US. I mean, we can have a throttle, we can have a little more power, just give us the extra power. <laughs> that's what I always say, but maybe they'll get there one day. But I, I don't know. I think it's going to take some more time. Well, then you have the extreme side. You have like, the Luna X1, don't they offer, I think, a 2,000-watt <laughs> yes. uh, system, but, which is essentially the same motor with a different controller? I just can't imagine how long their batteries will last. I think those bikes look really sexy, though. <laughs> exactly. There's always the other extreme of just how much, where do you draw the line on how much power you've put in? And uh, they certainly like to, to push things on that end of just cranking it up as much as they possibly can. And there's a few other companies that do that as well. There's uh, there's some companies you can send your Bafang mid-drive motor out to, and they'll crank the power up from you know 750 or 1,000 watts again to 2,000 watts. At that point, pedaling is really, really optional. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that definitely changes. And I, and I think that just depends on what you're looking for. Most people, I think, still want to pedal. Well, yeah, but full throttle does drain the battery fast. No doubt that if you go full throttle, you're going to eat your battery a lot faster. I usually ride mine on pedal assist two or three out of five, unless there's some nasty climbs coming up. But on the days where it's all throttle, it's it goes a lot faster. You could see it. Awesome. What are people comparing your bikes to? What are they competing against? And, and at first glance, I would think, okay, you got a mid-drive, full suspension. People might be comparing to you know, a specialized this or that. But you got a little more power maybe than some of those. You got the throttle. Your prices are less. So it's really not a competitor per se. It's it's different. But maybe you can correct me on that. Maybe those aren't the questions you get. Well, no, I'm glad you asked that. Those are very much the questions we get. And I do want to talk about the competition because I think that will illustrate why we positioned our products and developed our products where they are, with the price points they are, and the performance and features that we're offering. 
because it all comes from what's the competition offering and what do your customers want primarily. So what do customers want, right? They want, they want full suspension. They want performance. They want power. But to get all that, typically, if you look at the other competition or the competition out there, the Loon X1 is a perfect example. It's another small company like ours. They make a really cool product. I like it a lot. <laughs> Let's face it. We start thousands or a thousand minimum less than them. So I think that makes the debate that we offer a really compelling value proposition. Our bikes are more, in terms of performance, of the type of suspension we've developed, the powertrain, the size of the battery, the features, the quality of the derailleur and the cassette and the brakes. I think you have to compare us to bikes in the 6,000 and up range, because that's comparing specs, that's where you find those specs that you'll find on our bike, except our bikes are half that or less. So I think, uh, while I do love, I, look, when you look at a track or a specialized, their build quality is exceptional. I don't, <laughs> they are, they're, they're good quality bikes. These guys have been doing it a long time. Okay. I'm not, uh, not putting myself in their league by a percentile, but I think if you're a consumer looking for a quality product that's supported with a strong warranty tech support, and now that we're going to be selling through bike shops this fall, a level of support and customer service that really really a, a strong argument for our brand. And I guess that's a, a good uh, point to bring up that I didn't really ask about yet is where do you sell your bikes now and how do you, so were you doing online direct to customers and now you're going to dealers? Or are you doing a little bit of both? Exactly. We, our first production runs earlier this year, which sold out quickly were direct to consumer over the internet, like a lot of people. But I just really personally coming from a motorcycle background, I really like when there's an expert between the manufacturer and the customer to support the product, to make sure the brakes are set up right, to tell the customer on his first ride how to bed in his brake pad rather than hoping they read the manual. <laughs> and I just think that level of hands-on will keep our brand in a place that it's we can control the message more, we control the product more. And, keep the quality where we want it to be and keep the customer experience where it needs to be to be a long, a long enduring brand. Oh, good. So do you have uh, dealers set up anywhere around the U S Yeah, It sounds like that's fairly new, fairly new as of this month. So yeah, we're signing them up rapidly and the, the dealer locator on the website will be active very soon. Got it. So you're going to start updating that and uh, people can check that out if they want to try and see if there's one close by or not. Got it. Perfect. Well, that's good. I, I like that. I, you know, I wish that I could have uh, somebody close by for all of my customers, because obviously I'm shipping out bikes as well as, as the way you first started doing things. And, you know, I know that my local customers get a little extra care and attention because they can come here, have their bike looked at or set up. And yeah, so I understand totally where you're going with that. And I, I think for the, from a customer's perspective, uh, as long as you can still keep the prices reasonable, that's totally, totally worth it. It makes a lot of sense in most cases. So good to hear that that's how things are going for you. So the next question then, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about the bikes. You know, we got full suspension, mountain bikes, some different levels there. Uh, we didn't get too specific into pricing. What's the, what's kind of the typical ballpark range people are are looking at? Well, the Falcon is our basic model, which still has hydraulic disc brakes, 160 millimeter rotors, uh, the 500 watt, the aforementioned 500 watt motor. Uh, actually, all of our bikes share the seat. Okay, so this is like your base model? Yeah, the Falcon. 
and that's only 1995. There's not another mid-drive full suspension bike on the market for that price with quality components. Maybe, maybe there's something out there I don't know about. <laughs> yes, I think that's a good uh, clarifying point to make. I, I've reviewed some bikes in the past that were under $2,000 that were technically full suspension. Probably not a mid-drive, though. I think you've, you've got that. But when it came to quality of components, I was pretty clear in those reviews. Like, yeah, it has full suspension, but you can't go ride this thing on a trail and expect it to hold up for any period of time. It's just, it's just not going to. So yeah, for what you're describing, off the top of my head, and I obviously look at a lot of bikes, yeah, I'd, I would have to do a little digging to see if I could find a full suspension bike with a mid-drive motor and decent specs for under two grand. That's probably not very common at all. So I, I would agree with you there. That sounds pretty good. I haven't seen it in person, but I'm hoping uh, we, can, <laughs> we can fix that in the near future, right? I look forward to your testing on it. We're very confident in the build quality. <laughs> and especially going into this new production run with the new suspension and the new brakes and new derailers, everything's been upgraded from last year. And people love the bikes they got last year. Got it. So it's only going to get better. Our new rear suspension, like it's like that was the thing I targeted. I designed that myself to be higher performing. And it's got a braced cross member on the linkage so it is a beefy you know rear suspension is it's funny you look at the way so many people are approaching it now and to control the movement of the rear wheel through the chain state pivot it just surprises me how some very expensive electric mountain bikes make a lot of racket in their linkage and racket by default means the mechanics of it are not efficient <laughs> because it's all about transmitting that movement to the rear shock. So you can control that with damping and spring rates and preload. I think to do it right, I don't care who you are. You got to be able to play with the settings a little bit to get the most performance out of rear suspension. Mm-hmm. Front forks are a little easier. You can twist some knobs, but there's plenty of knobs on our bikes for people that like to make adjustments and twist <laughs> their suspension. So I think the people, people that really pay attention to that kind of thing, will appreciate how quiet and solid our suspension works in the back and just the compliance and the adjustability that's going to get the most out of their ride, especially people that you know ride some rougher trails. Yeah. So you got the Falcon uh, right around 2000, and then what's the, what's the top of the line model? I know you've got you know some in the middle. That's the Mullet Pro okay. uh, that we talked about earlier with the big brakes and, and more gears, you know, of course. Uh, one of our best sellers is the Bandit. The Bandit's kind of a cool, it's black and gold, and it, it, it's just a good-looking bike with uh, good-looking components, uh, gold fork tubes, just a lot of really attractive bits. So I think on the showroom floor, a lot of dealers are going to like to show that one off because it's, it's a very attractive bike. And right around twenty three ninety five, that's a very reasonable price point for a full-suspension mid-drive bike. If you go into your standard average bike shop and look for something comparable, you know, you're going to be spending four or five grand, maybe six at least to find something similar. Yeah, I think a lot of people are going to walk into the bike shop and buy a pair of them instead of buying (laughs) a single. There you go. Okay. We have a nice range of sizes, so it's not quite a step through, but we've been working hard to develop a chassis that has a, a lower standover so people will be more comfortable on it. Yeah, so right at basically between two to 3000 everything's right in that ballpark, some different options. I think that's a very good price point for, for what you've got. 
obviously, if you've sold out already in the previous batch, you know it's working so far. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely we'll be uh, paying attention. Who would you say your typical customer is for these? Now, I'm imagining the way you've built them is somebody who's going to take it off-road, do some single-track riding. Uh, do you find that it's uh, you know younger guys that are already doing mountain biking, or are you still getting the older demographic that hasn't been riding a bike in a while? It's older. Okay. <laughs> That's what I expected, because uh, basically everybody I talk to is... Uh, the average person buying an electric bike hasn't ridden in a while, or they might still do. It's just getting more difficult. And yeah, they're 55 and up. I bet the average person coming in here is uh, probably more in the 65 and up range. And it's great. Even in our more performance sport version, I'll call it, you know, a sporting version of an e-bike, uh -huh. we're still finding the demographic tracks about the same. I'm really surprised how many of our customers already have an e-bike. Oh, okay. You know what? I bet, again, guessing here, we'll see if I'm right. I'm guessing you're probably getting people that have a hardtail hub motor bike that they spent $500,000 less on and they're ready for an upgrade. Yeah, it's a lot of guys who have a rad, <laughs> have an event in, but, you know, maybe they just got a hub drive bike. Yeah, and looking for a little more trail capability. Yeah, or guys that built kit bikes. They, you know how they could be. They don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't build their own bike. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you buy one when you could build one? I'm sure you've heard that before. We are seeing kit guys actually buy them. Oh, sure. Used to be a really common question. Yeah, I'm not getting that as much these days. Uh, two, three years ago all the time. It's probably every other person. Well, why would I buy an e-bike and why wouldn't I just convert my own or build one? And uh, now I think that's getting to be far less and less. And, and most people are like, I don't really want to mess with building one. And what I always tell people, and maybe you do the same, what's the end result? Do you want to ride an e-bike or do you want to build and tinker with things? Which do you enjoy more? If you love building and tinkering with things, by all means, build your own e-bike if you enjoy that part. But if you're not mechanical and you just want to ride one, then I wouldn't recommend that. Because if you built it yourself, if something goes wrong, you're going to be the one fixing it. You're going to be the one working on it. And, you know, some people enjoy that and some people do not. So it's really just a personality preference. And, and for the prices you can get e-bikes at these days, you know, I think it's far less compelling to build your own than it was a few years ago where uh, there weren't nearly as many options. You know, the e-bike market wasn't as competitive as it is now. And really, eventually... Don't guys, I think, and girls, when they get these bikes, they kind of figure out how to work on things, put air in their tires, adjust their suspension, maybe adjust their derailleur. And I just think there's a little learning curve there when you first start riding again. You see people come to grips with it pretty quickly, but they're not going to want to mess with controllers and wiring and, the, <laughs> you know, some complicated mount aftermarket bolt-on motor just seems like a lot more work than they should be signing up for for a recreation okay well your bikes look like a lot of fun i know uh at least a couple of the guys here in the shop will probably want to take one for a test ride if we ever get one here for sure i've got one of our full suspension bikes uh, out in the shop uh, as a demo and you know it's usually their number one choice because we have a lot of nice single track trails so uh, i think your bikes would fit what's the fit bike right in. may i ask it was a bike model that I called the Raptor, which is one that 
we had made for us here at Bolton E-Bikes. And I don't have it offered anymore because the particular manufacturer I was dealing with got a little bit difficult to deal with, <laughs> to be honest. That happens. It does happen. And and it's unfortunate because the quality of the bike was really good. You know, we had name brand RockShox components. The suspension was good. The bike handles very nicely. You know, using a Bafang 1,000-watt motor on it, it's just tons of power, tons of battery. But we're working on basically some some replacements for it. And those are a ways off still because production takes, as you know, a lot of time right now. <laughs> and, and components take a lot of time. So I was hoping we'd already have a, a new full suspension bike from Bolton e-bikes released this year. Something we're still working on, but it's it's going to take a little bit more time to get all the all the kinks worked out and have it ready. Well, Kyle, I could make a suggestion. I, <laughs> I bet you could. But you probably probably know what that suggestion is. So. Uh, well, you probably would love to hear that Bolton E-Bikes uh, gets a few of the cyber bikes and we offer those to our customers. That's what I'm guessing. Absolutely. <laughs> that may be a conversation we have to continue once this recording ends. Well, awesome. Well, for the time being, where should people go to f- learn more about your bikes? Cyberbike.com. And uh, right at the top, you can look at the four models we now offer available. They're going to be shipping here in about six to eight weeks. So coming up quick is the next production. And that's when you can get yours, too, Kyle. (laughs) Got it. So you're sold out completely right now. Six to eight weeks, you're going to have more bikes uh, showing up. And actually, our next production run is is selling out quick, too. So uh, we will be looking at at April before the next batch beyond that. But uh, currently, we are taking orders for, for bikes that will be in people's hands this year. Got it. Awesome. Well, sounds great. Uh, I think uh, full suspension quality bikes uh, at reasonable prices are limited on the market right now. I think you're in a good spot. We'll be watching and uh, I think we'll keep in touch. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kyle. It was uh, great to meet you and uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Awesome. Well, thank you for everybody who is listening and thank you again to Dan for joining me uh, as our interview guest for today. Uh, if you guys are new to the podcast, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com, sign up for our email newsletter. Uh, all we're going to send you are links to new episodes when they come out, which is every single Tuesday. Uh, and sometimes we'll throw in some extra little tidbits of uh, new information, new bikes that are coming, or maybe some uh, secret stuff that isn't uh, otherwise publicly yet available. So make sure you're subscribed, listening to the podcast as well as the YouTube channel. That's where we try and get those details out first. Once again, I'm Kyle Chidock, the owner of Bolton E-Bikes, and I will talk to you on another Tuesday.